Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. You can join us on the air I see people from around the country, uh, Ukraine, Philippines, what else do we see here? Scotland, maybe this morning, around the country, welcome, 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 303-690-3000. I know you got plenty of great radio stations in town, glad you do, but you can let them know about Grace FM. Uh, You can get all the information about our station, listen online at gracefm.com or the free app. In your app store. Welcome to everyone that's listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, and many, many low power stations around uh, the country. We're grateful. Some online stations as well have taken on Calvary Live, and we look forward to seeing more added over time. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say today. 303 690 is the number 303-690-3000 and then you can always text us we have a dedicated text line 720-336-0897 had to think about that for a second 720-336-0897 so give me a call The show is up to you and where you call and what you have to share. Would love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. Well, we're back. Uh, Big news today. I saw two things today. Uh, One was the governor in Georgia decided to make a public statement and say he's not mandating masks but expects the citizens of Georgia to do the right thing when they feel appropriate when it when they see it as appropriate like so he's trusting the people in our state on the other hand the governor made a big big to do today and unfortunately so did the mayor of our city Aurora that he did the exact opposite he believes that masks must be mandated so much so that he signs an executive order uh, for masks which masks have been uh, required all this time and the numbers still go up. And uh, I, don't, I don't understand the uh, constant changes in restrictions, but this top-down government um, authority is certainly getting tiring and is certainly not uh, helping the situation shutting down. Um, you know, obviously you might be in a different state like California, which has even worse regulations you can't churches can't meet first they couldn't sing and now they can't meet again it's just foolish 
Um, it, it makes no logical sense whatsoever. Uh, you you don't ca- you, you can go shopping. Uh, you can be in large protests. You can be in different places, but you in church, that's the most dangerous place on the earth. And I warned our church, the reason I'm sharing this is I warned our church a couple weeks ago that they're going to start blaming churches. Uh, they're going to start making churches the big deal. Even though they've extremely limited the amount of people that can be in the room, they've extremely limited uh, the... And, and and this is their suggestions. Obviously, you have freedom to do this, but how how you greet and hug and all of that. But still, it's churches. So we knew that was coming. I I saw it. I'm not a I'm not a big prophecy. Like I'm not. I don't have like the the. Uh, I I didn't make it like a. This is a word from the Lord. But I did um, call it. And so what did they do in California? You can't sing. Well, that's too far. You, you can't. That's like saying, go to the market, but don't, you, you can go to the market, but you can't buy a thing. Well, what the, what, what? You can go to a movie theater, but you cannot watch a movie. What? You can go to Dunkin' Donuts, but you can't get a donut. Or, you know, you, you know what? I'm trying to be silly here to make a point, but, you know, we, we, church, we need to pray. Um, we need to seek God's favor and his mercy uh, because it's wild out there and it is interrupting every facet of our lives and it's challenging. And yes, we're, I think we're doing well. I, I, I can speak for our family. I can speak for our church family uh, here at Calvary Church in Aurora. I think the church is adjusting well. I think that they... Uh, those that want to come back are coming back. Um, those that are in high risk or still afraid aren't coming back, and we respect that decision. But uh, uh, I, th- I think we've adapted well, and I know our team and staff and leadership have adapted well. But man, this th- we we thought it would be over by Easter. I wonder what you you know what you thought. And so I'm not sharing this to start the show off. We're not talking about mass. We're not talking about politics. I just want you to know that that. The Lord is in the midst of this, and even if you look at it and you go, man, this is just dumb, it doesn't make sense, it's, it's probably an accurate opinion, but now what are we going to do, and how are we going to respond, and how are we going to adapt ourselves to the times in which we live? Let's just say uh, we moved here, let's just say I moved to Colorado today and I arrived today, like I did in 1999, I would adapt myself to where I moved, I would. And I, it doesn't mean I have to like it all. And it doesn't mean I have to agree with it all. I would just adapt myself. Why? Because God sent me here on a mission. And God sent me here to to obey him. And even if I was in California still, and, and I wake up in Whittier, California, and I say, okay, here I am today. God has put me there to adapt myself. For why? Number one, for the glory of God. And number two, for the sake of the gospel. The sake of the gospel. I'm telling you. If you don't, if if we don't, if you don't take advantage of this for the gospel and you make it something that it's not, something that's passing, something that's not eternal, you'll regret it. You'll regret it. And the gospel, the kingdom of God will suffer. And, but you don't have to agree with everything. This is, you, you know, it would be better to be in a state with the person that you agree with. I, I'm with you on that, but I'm willing to adapt myself until the, Till that we're told to do something that disobeys God, and then that's it. Um, and and so, man, wild days. 
303-690-3000. Dave in Loveland, Colorado. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. What's going hey, uh, on? We're just calling in to ask your opinion on uh, adultery and, and its part in today's life. Um, my scenario, I live with my girlfriend, um, and I have for a couple of years now. We're pretty financially dependent on each other, um, and we've built our lives around that. We, all, we sleep together every night. Um, in the last four or five months, we have both come back to Christ and started trying to build our lives around that. But it's been a pretty common uh, rub, I guess, that we can seek out all these things. But, I mean, every single night we're, we're just very blatantly sinning anyways. Right. Um, we're both pretty young, and uh, we're on the same page about getting married but don't want to get married immediately. I was just trying to get your opinion on that situation. Well, let's 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 step through a few things. Number one, you're right. You've identified the sinful behavior, and uh, the Holy Spirit's revealed that to you. And um, it's important that we address that, and we will in a moment. Number two, it's really good that you're back. Um, this is evidence uh, that you are back in a right relationship with the Lord. That uh, they, these things are going to start popping up, and this is prob- you know this is obviously. Um, one that's very large uh, and in your face, and I'm glad that you are talking about it, addressing it, and even wanting to forsake it. Uh, and so the 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 question of there's a couple of ways to handle this. There is a passage in the scripture that talks about getting married quickly so that you do not burn in passion, like that. That there's a sense where you can stop this particular sin in your life by bringing in bringing that behavior under the banner of how God intended it and that is the best decision to be married in the Lord however however i don't believe that just because you're in blatant sin that the only solution is is marriage uh, the only solution is not marriage the more obvious solution, since you guys don't want to get married, is to move out. Now, you mentioned already, you're kind of anticipating that. I know you've probably already thought about it, because in your question, you talked to, you said, Dave, that, hey, we're kind of financially dependent. And what happens is, is we make all these decisions in sin, and then when God awakens us, and we're, we're awakened to the reality of our situation, we're stuck by our sinful, or at least we feel stuck in our sinful decisions. And and here's why I think that's a better option right now. And I'll tell you why. If you guys don't learn how to develop a disciplined life, even when it personally pains you, this mindset and bad habit, this flesh that you've developed, this sinful habit pattern that you've developed will come back in another way in your marriage. Um, I remember a young couple years ago we have a policy here at, at Calvary, uh, and, and it's 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 a little flexible, but not too much. And the policy is this. If you're going to get married with a pastor at Calvary Church, you need to go through premarital with a pastor here. Or go through premarital. Uh, I'm, I'm involved in a wedding right now where the couple 
is getting premarital because of the proximity uh, in another state, but they're getting premarital and they, if you're going to get married here, you can't be living together. You can't be fornicating what you described. Uh, you, you, you can't, we won't be a part of that because for a church to be a part of marriage, we're, we're saying that God approves of this, of this union and this couple and, and living together and having fornication together is not approval. So we, I remember sitting down with George uh, many years ago, and, and we were going through the same scenario that you described. And I remember telling him, you guys need to move out. And they began to talk. You know, they, they had some financial things the same way, very similar. But George, George is one of the couples that I'll always remember because to the great pain, they moved out. And it was a financial hit for them. I forget the arrangement, how they made it work, but they made it work. Six months, they were able to move in. They were able to celebrate in their honeymoon. They're still married today, got a wonderful family, go to another church now. Um, But they were able to launch off their marriage. You know, the Bible is very uh, strong and filled with symbolic actions. And this would be a tremendous symbolic action for you to launch off into your marriage. Um, Or you can get married and just take care of that and work on things later. I just know working on things now is better than after the covenant of marriage so that if something doesn't work out, hey, you know what? We were sleeping together before marriage. We can easily divorce afterwards. No big deal. But God's put you on a different path. And I I would strongly encourage you to consider moving out and it's drastic, right? Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And he wasn't asking us to cut off both our hands. He was telling us this, with radical sin, it requires a radical response. And believe me, God will take care of you. I know it's scary and you're not sure how it's all going to go down. There's a lot of challenges. I, I get that, but God will take care of you. And you will be able to give that testimony to your future kids and grandkids You'll be able to share with a coworker, um, and it'll be startling. They'll say, "What? What? You 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 did what?" And it becomes a bridge for the gospel. But that's what I um, that's what I would recommend. Okay. Yeah, it's challenging, but this is the thing: if you continue on the path that you're in, it's going to be far worse. Yeah. And you know that. I, I mean, and I think I don't hear any resistance in you. I hear an overwhelming sense of assessing your life and looking mm-hmm. at the reality. And here's here's something else. And I just want to commend you for even having this conversation. I want to commend you for even wrestling with this. And God is calling you right now to take the leadership of this relationship. And he, you're doing that. I can sense that. You you are the leader, the spiritual head and leader of this relationship. And even through great, pro, even, even I mean, obviously, I, I'm sorry that I didn't say this earlier, but the sleeping together stops immediately, right now, this second. That can stop. You yeah. don't have to continue doing that. And that could be at your leadership. Uh, it could be you. And if you're the one instigating, then stop it. And if she's the one instigating, then stop her. And, and that, that stops immediately. So there's no permission for that forward. And then looking forward, I do think listening to you 
you know, and if you were in my office, we'd go in deeper to this, but listening to you, you premarital would be really good for you guys. It would be very helpful for you working through the issues of your backslidden condition, how you guys got together that way. Um, all of that, that, that it's a great tool to help you grow in your understanding and God's great love for you. It's a lot to take, but I agree with it is. you. It is. Oh. This is where, for me, um, I don't know what kind of person you are, uh, but for me, I've always been that kind of guy that just rips the Band-Aid off, right, or just jumps into the ocean. I don't go in and touch my toes, and I just, if I got to do it, I'm just going to do it. And depending yep. on what your personality is, you know, if you're more of a touch-the-toes kind of person, then this is going to be really hard, but God can enable you uh, to... God can enable you to make the decision and to be very loving and caring. This isn't like, um, it's not going to be as painful as you think it is. That's our minds are all twisted. Like we think, think we think fall, we get convinced that following God is going to be more painful than it is. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's not, you're actually re rescuing and reassessing your whole relationship, uh, and putting in, back into order with the things of God. It's you're on the right path. I appreciate that. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. Father, I do pray for my friend Dave as he assesses. First of all, we just rejoice that that's the, I'm not on this phone call begging him to do the right thing. Uh, he already knows. And now God, he would, we pray f that you would give him, the needed strength and depth and power to follow through. And I was thinking um, of that passage uh, that says that you, a couple things, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask, that you work in us to will and to do. So you not only gave this desire to Dave, but you also giving him the ability to do it. And so I pray strength into his life, and I look forward to the call um, down the road of how you resolve this and what you, what you did exactly to lead him. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, bro. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. I, I was thinking, you know, we, we get ourselves into these difficult situations and Dave is not the only one listening that has a difficult situation. And then we come to the realization that what I'm doing is wrong. And then we get stuck. And one of the ways I've taught the church here, taught my kids as I raised them, was in my life, I would much rather deal with the consequences of obedience than the consequences of disobedience. And you say, now wait a minute, Ed. What do you mean consequences of obedience? Well, obedience doesn't always mean things are going to turn out good. I think, um, I think in, in a situation where we, we make a mistake and, we, and, we, and it messes things up, and like maybe with another person, and then we ask for forgiveness, but the person doesn't forgive us and just makes things even worse. 
well, it's better to ask for forgiveness and just call that meeting. I remember a meeting like it was yesterday uh, in, in a church in Castle Rock where there was a humbling, uh, my wife and I, and, a, and an asking for forgiveness, and it only made things worse uh, because the pastor made things worse, the family made things worse, and it only made worse. You know, there were actually two pastors that made things worse. One's not a pastor anymore. And, uh, and you know, I can still live, though, with the benefits or the consequences of obedience. I'm clean. My hands are clean before the Lord. And that's how I can get sleep at night. That's how I can stand in the pulpit in the authority of God. Because we could have blown off that meaning. We could have treated that like someone else did and then have to live with the consequences of ongoing sinful behavior on top of that. And I would just, I can think of uh, many, many decisions, just like Dave, like he, this is going to be painful no matter what decision he makes, but it will be less painful by making the right decision that honors God because he'll be in a right relationship with God. I'd much rather have the consequences of obeying God than the consequences of disobeying God and just leave the people to the Lord, man, let him deal with it. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, Pat in Greeley, Colorado. Pat, welcome to the program. Welcome. Boy, Pastor, that was that was a tough call. Uh, <laughs> well, praise what, the Lord what, that he called. Man, wow. That, and uh, your advice is, is spot on, but boy, oh boy, that was a tough call. Kind of... Uh, diminishes what I'm trying to call about, but boy, oh boy, that was, that, that really got to me. Um, you know, the, anyway. the, let me just say this before I get to your question. Uh, the good news about that call, as hard as it was, uh, is that he called because for every one Dave, there's another 50 people that don't care. And oh, absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent on that. May by Dave him, multiply. By him yeah, he's being he's being convicted, and the yep. fact that that's happening that shows some true evidence that he's coming back to God. And and boy, oh boy, what a what an a what a test to come! <laughs> wow. <laughs> but anyway, okay, I've got myself together now. But that was a great call, Pastor, and that's why this Grace FM is so. Uh, fantastic. Anyway, I was listening to uh, your radio spot at 1130 this morning. Uh, okay. It could have been recorded, obviously. I know you don't do all the spots live. Um, and you were talking about uh, John's letter uh, to Laodicea. Well, really, Christ's letter to the church of Laodicea. Yes. And you, you, t- you had a take on it, but respectfully, uh, I'd like to offer a different take and get your opinion on that. Uh, Great. Do I have your permission to do that? Of course. Go for it. All right. Um, You had mentioned, and I was listening this morning, and you said uh, the letter went to Laodicea, and um, uh, Jesus had said, listen, uh, since you're you're not hot, neither cold, uh, and you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Let's paraphrase, but basically that was the story. And then you yes. went and explained each element. Number one, yes. uh, 
being hot for God means uh, you're you're hot for God. You're energized. You're on fire. You're doing what you need to do. Yes. And then you explained cold, and you said cold is. Uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing you. Non-respondent, distant. You're okay. you're you're mm-hmm. you're not uh, you're not doing what you need to be doing. You're cold. Yes. And then yes. you said lukewarm. Um, is distasteful and not palatable. Therefore, Jesus spits him out of his mouth. Okay. Well, when John wrote that letter, there were three, there were three cities surrounding uh, yes. two cities with Laodicea. You got Laodicea, you got Heropolis, and you got Colossae. And uh, Heropolis was known for its uh, hot baths, which is soothing to people and healing. But Colossae was known for its cold water, which was revitalizing and energizing and, and electrifying. You know how it is when you jump. You said uh, on that past call, when you jump in the water, you don't put your toe in. You just jump in. And that first 30 seconds in that water, you, whew, you're, you're all alive and energized. And so I think what Jesus was telling them was, because he says, I wish you were either hot and cold. And knowing God's nature, I can't imagine God wishing that anyone would be cold towards him. So I think he meant, Mm. you're not hot for me, you're not healing, you're not consoling to anyone, and also you're not cold for me, you're not energizing and revitalizing people, but you're lukewarm. And with those three cities, by the time the water got to uh, Laodicea, it was filled with minerals and lukewarm, and that's why I think John used the, or Jesus used the area, as he often does, where I think everyone in Laodicea would have known what it meant to be hot, cold, and lukewarm. What's your, what do you think about that take, that cold was good? Yeah, I didn't hear, I, I agree with you. Uh, I didn't hear, uh, I think what's airing on Abounding Grace right now is Romans, so I probably didn't delve deep into this, but I'm looking at my notes for when I taught through Revelation, and I, I actually make this point. I don't talk about the water sources, but I, I know about them. But here's something in my notes. It says uh, that hot water heals, cold water refreshes, but lukewarm water is useless for either purpose. It's as if Jesus exactly. is saying, if you were hot or cold, I could do something with you, but because you're neither, I'll do nothing. I'll spew you okay. out of my mouth. So I agree with you. I think it's a great addition. I've heard it before. I don't know. Um, I probably was using Laodicea as a quick illustration in in the Romans series, but but I do I do think even as you know a person that is cold, uh, which is basically everyone that's apart from Jesus Christ. Like I I'd rather have you be in a place where I could revitalize you but lukewarm people like because because a cold person a, a person that's resistant to god a person that uh even a, a a true backslider uh like we just like a brother that says hey man we've been doing this forever he lived cold and god got him um he wasn't the lukewarm that said if like the previous caller is a great illustration if the previous caller was lukewarm saying well i'm a believer and i can do this and it's no big deal well, then there's no openness to being convicted. But if he was cold, he was like, well, you know what? I think I can do this, and I know I'm not living right. Well, then the Lord, the Holy Spirit can go, ah, no, no. I'd rather have you be in that condition than living in a place of lying, uh, complacency, you know, fence-sitting, um, all of those things that, that um, 
lukewarmness. Lukewarmness is like a big lie. You say you're alive, but you're dead. You're full of dead men's bones. But you're, yeah. you, what you had to add is absolutely accurate and good, and, and I agree with it. I think, I think when I teach that uh, next time, I'm going to give both perspectives because I didn't even consider what you just said, and, and I can see that as well. Uh, I can see that, I, hey, I can work with someone who's cold. But if right. you're lukewarm and you don't care about anything, I mean, that's a real hassle. And then so, say you're a believer at the same time. It's kind of like you know, you're you 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 say you you say you follow God, but you don't deny yourself. You don't take up your cross. You live in sin. You have a compromised life. You're you're not sensitive to the voice of God. And they both go. That's good. Hey, thanks, Pat. God bless you, man. Take all care, right, we're Pat. coming up on. All righty, we're coming up on the only break. You hear the music. Uh, we'll be uh, breaking for a couple minutes, get a stretch, get something uh, to drink, and then I'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb. And we are, if you're listening, depending on if this is a, this is live right now, but maybe down the road it gets broadcast as an encore. We're in the, what they call the second wave of the COVID and there's all these attempts to close down and shut the economy down again and make things. It's just the most bizarre thing I've ever been involved in as an adult. And it requires people have been asking me, how, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And I've had one consistent prayer. I've had a lot of different issues in my life, but I've had one consistent prayer and, or excuse me, yeah, prayer and answer to that question. And, and I pray for wisdom, pray for me for wisdom. I have a lot of decisions to make, a lot of people to serve, uh, a, a lot of people to oversee and to, to help guide into the things of the Lord and wisdom, wisdom. It's unbelievable. Um, and I need wisdom from heaven. I don't just need common sense. I need wisdom from heaven. Uh, I need the, an answer for the moment. So you can pray for that. 303-690-3000. We're going to pick up in Colorado Springs. Brandon's on the line. Brandon, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I was calling to get prayer for my marriage. Okay. Um, yeah, just a little backstory. I met my wife, and we were living in sin. Um, okay. I grew up in church, and knowing right from wrong. And so, before my wife and I got married, I asked her, "Hey, you want to separate?" and um, take our own rooms, kind of like Dave, your caller earlier. Um, you know, I said, I have a five-bedroom house. Let's, you know, you take a room, I'll take a room. Let's quit sleeping together, and let's seek God so we can have God bless our marriage. And so she agreed, and we got married. And a couple years into it, I ended up getting a job that I had to work on Sundays, and so we quit going to church and you know, just gradually over time, just got back in with the rest of the world and the way they live. And, um, you know, and fast forward, I, you know, I guess five years ago, I cheated on her. 
and she gave she gave me the opportunity to um, stay with her, and I never I never changed, and uh, and then you know and she grew further apart, and so um, and we bought a house um, almost two years ago, and that's been nothing but. Um, terrible for us. We did a lot of remodeling. We argued over everything. Um, both said a lot of hateful things and kind of drove each other further apart. Yeah. And I'm a pretty busy person. I never really have time to really sit there and think and do things. Well, I decided to go camping. Um, but before I went camping, my wife, I asked her a question and she gave me some, you know, disgusting looking face and said, said it rudely. And I said, you know, if you're that unhappy, why don't you just get out? You know, just leave. I was like, I'll sell the house. I'll give you half of the money. I'll pay you $2,000 a month for the next two years, you know, to help you out. I said, you don't have to stay here. And then I went camping. And then when I was out camping, it was just complete darkness. There was no no TV, no video games, no nothing to occupy my mind. So I had a lot of time to sit there and reflect. And I just started thinking about some of the things that I've said and started <clears throat> started calling out to God to bless our marriage. <clears throat> and I previously blamed her for everything. It was all her fault. Nothing was my fault. It was all her. You know, I'm a great guy. Um, but God showed me that I am the problem. <laughs> and so I come home and I asked her, hey, you want to go to grab dinner? And I tried to talk to her about our our marriage. And, and she said, well, I think we've just both grown so far apart. And I said, I agree. Do you want to do marriage counseling? And she said, oh, I think we're past that. And I was kind of shocked. And I said, well, it sounds like you've made up your mind. And she's like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I want. You know, so we both kind of cried. And she's like, you know, I love you. I just don't know if I'm in love with you. And, sure. you know, to be honest with you, a couple of weeks earlier, if you'd asked me, am I in love with my wife? I would have probably told you I didn't know, you know, because I didn't really feel that. But then God changed me. <sighs> And I do love my wife, and I keep telling her, you're worth fighting for, you know? And and she's like, well, I got to heal. I, you broke me. You just totally broke me. And I said, I'm sorry. You know, I said, I realize that, you know? And I said, and I said, God's opened my eyes, you know? And I said, I see things that way more clear that I am the biggest problem in our marriage. I said, I blamed you for everything, you know? I said, but 80% of it is me. You know, and um, and I said, so I said, I'm willing to do whatever you want. You know, I will do anything you want. And I said, and so I, I told her, why don't we do this? Why don't we stay in our house until October? I said, we can't sell the house till we've been in it two years. We'll stay there. And if I can't show you that I've changed, if you cannot see the difference in me, you know, I said, I will go back to the, the man that you fell in love with and that you you know, for the first two years of our marriage, I said, I will be that guy again. I said, I will be better than that guy. I said, because God changed me. God changed me, you know? And um, she's like, well, I got to heal. And I'm like, but we need God. God. I can't heal you. You can't heal you. Only God can. So, you know, um, and I just keep praying that God give me patience because it hurts. So sit there and try and not have her try. You know, and we were coming home from Oklahoma yesterday, and 
was praying because I started just crying because I was thinking that all the time she would touch my hand when we were driving down the road. She'd hold my hand or she'd rest her head on my shoulder. And I started praying and thinking of that. And I'm like, God, I just want her to touch my hand. And literally it was like two minutes later, she reached over and grabbed my hand. (laughs) And I just thought, wow, thank you, God. Well, here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. First of all, uh, God can rescue this marriage, and he needs one person in the marriage to start the process, and he's got you, and he's got you first. And it's going to be a road. You're, you both are right. It's going to be a long road. It's going to be very challenging and difficult. Your pride is going to come up. Your resistance, uh, it's going to be difficult. But I'm reminded of this passage as you were talking. It says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. And there's a principle there that while it may not specifically describe what's happening in your marriage, there's a principle there, and that is the home is set apart for the use of God by one believing person by one faith-filled person, by one of the spouses saying, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And right now it's you. And what we, what we need to do is take advantage of where you are right now and keep you on the right path of following God. And if your wife won't go to counseling, you go get counseling. You stand on the gap for your wife. You do things for your wife that she won't do for herself. Uh, and you don't do it like, you don't, again, you know how you remember in the worst parts of your arguments, you don't walk out the door, well, you're not going, but I'm going to go because I'm, you know, you, it's not like that. It's like, I know you don't want to go, honey, but I'm going to get help for myself because I know if I get help for myself, we're both going to be helped and you're just going to learn all over again, or maybe for the very first time, what it means to love your wife as Christ loved the church, what it means to serve your wife, what it means to wash your wife with the water of the word and you can start right away in your home by praying for her and praying with her, uh, and not just over meals. You know, like at night, you guys turn down together, uh, and and you, you know, I don't want to pray with you. Well, then you just start praying, and it's okay. We don't have to make everything an argument, and we don't have. We're not fighting for our way anymore. We're fighting for God's way, and when we fight for God's way, then we yield, and God has got you. I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it. Uh, I can hear it very plainly from you that God has you in a place of yielding. And what we need to do is we need to capitalize on that yielding. Uh, and so what I want you to do after the call, I want you to email me. I'll send you, I'll respond to that email. Remind me of the phone call because I get a lot of emails. So remind me of the phone call on the topic. And then I'll respond to that email with some resources for you and your your wife. Because I believe by faith that she will go to counseling eventually with you. Uh, I believe that, and we're going to keep believing that all the way until you guys sit down for the first time and send me a selfie of, here we are, here we are. God got us into the room of the pastor. Uh, But until then, email me, and then you call. Are you in a church right now? No, I'm going to start this Sunday. Okay, do you know where you're going? Um, I got a friend um, that talked about that he found a great church, so I was going to go there or go to the um, Karis Church. I uh, heard a lot of good things about. Okay, I have a couple friends down there as well. Uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary is right there on Academy. 
Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not good with cross streets, but I'm trying to think. There's a Starbucks across the street. I think there's a gym across the street um, in that strip mall there uh, where Academy and something. So there, there would be on the north side. And then down on the south side, uh, we have uh, Calvary Worship Center. Both those pastors are ex- uh, very good friends of mine. They're on Grace FM and, and exceptional churches that I know you'll be well taken care of. And, of course, there's a lot of great churches. New Life is also in the north part of town with Pastor Brady. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of great churches. So if you know, as you're looking, um, we can plug you in with one that we trust and we know. And so that first trip, just call them and tell them that this first time, if you connect with them, then on Monday, you call them and you make an appointment for yourself. Okay. And, and then you can ask your wife very kindly, I made an appointment. Would you like to join me? And I, and you could say, I I made it for me, but we can make it for us. If you want to join me instead of, you know, if you don't want to go with me, I said, it's part of your healing process. You need to go for yourself, you know? Um, and I, you know, right now she, she's like, I, she, I asked her, she says, I don't even know if I want to try. I don't know if I want our marriage, you know? And I was like, you will, I promise you. I was like, I'm telling you, God's going to restore it, you know? And, and then the doubt comes into my, like I was just on my way to go grab something to eat when I turned your program on. Um, and because uh, I was sitting there thinking, is my wife really going to change? You know, it, it, she so seems like not satisfied and, you know, and I'm like, no, she is going to change. I'm like, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, I was like, my wife will change, you know. And so I just try to keep holding on to that faith that, you know, and keep praying God's will because I know it's not God's will for us to divorce, you know. And um, so that makes it easy to pray God's will. Um uh, but yeah, so right now, I mean, she's pretty being stubborn and, and I think, you know, I don't know if it's just, she wants to make sure that I have changed and I mean, I can promise her and assure her as much as I want, but I just have to keep continuing to show her, you know, do the dishes for her, do the laundry, do everything. I mean, she don't have to lift a finger in the house cause I'm keeping everything done. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the struggle is the, loving her and you know and she says and this is a problem i have i don't know what to do with it you know she's like she tells me i need my space and i said okay well i can go rent an airbnb and and do all that but then you won't see the change in me you know you won't see the difference that god's done in my life you know and i said and if i go um and if i stay here I said, I just want to touch you. I want to hold you. I want to kiss you. I said, all that. And I said, but I know you said that gives you anxiety. I said, so I don't know what to do. You know, I said, and she's like, I get it. It's confusing. You know, and I mean, there is a couple times where, you know, I'll say, I love you. She said, I love you. She calls me honey. She calls me babe. Oh, yeah. And those make me feel good. It's, it's, so it gives me kind of hope that we are working on it. And um, but I just, I'm like, how do I do this? So I decided, you know, I'm going to go to a friend's house after work. You know, and I got a little whiteboard that I just write her a message on every day, you know, telling her you are worth the fight. You know, Um, she's going to Washington for a week to visit a friend so she'll get away from me and have time to reflect. And I just keep praying that God touches her heart. You know, and I've I've hurt her a lot and never physically, just mentally and emotionally. 
So I pray, God, change her heart, God. Give her a heart for you. You know, change her mind. Give her a mind for you, God, and help us to love each other the way that you want us to love each other. Well, this is why, you know, as you're as you're processing this, this is why it's going to be very beneficial for you to be sitting in an office and working these things out in a much deeper way, um, you know, man to man, you know, looking at a brother, letting him speak the word of God into your life. So let me pray for you and your marriage. And I know that God is at work. You can sense it. Uh, and, and I know the things that your wife are saying are very common. These are are typical responses to a woman that's hurt, that has uh, feeling all everything that she's feeling. Uh, if she was on the phone with you, I would tell her that I understand uh, that that she feels this way, that it's confusing for her, uh, that she's looking for a way out. She doesn't believe you're going to change. Those are all typical things, and it that and and it, it would be it's going to require work and submission and surrender and dying to self. But I agree with you. God is in the business of restoration. God is able to restore and to bring back to life. I mean, I think of the vision in the valley of the dry bones. Can these bones have life again? And the answer is yes. And the whole nation of Israel is uh, exists today. Millions of people living in the promised land according to the promises of God because he can bring life out of dry bones. And so, Father, I pray for Brandon and the dry bones of his marriage that you might breathe, breathe your uh, ruach, you might breathe into it life and that be with my brother as he's learning never too late. He's learning the role that you've given to him as a husband. So continue to lead him and guide him uh, bless his visit to the church this weekend. Um, bless this time to to bring about a, 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 a turn of events and a change in his heart. And so I lift him up and his wife. I bring him to your throne room of grace to find help in time of need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, brother. God bless you, man. All right. Bye-bye. So I want to let you guys in a little bit uh, of, as you're listening to the show, it's, it, 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 it fulfills the purpose, like what God put on my heart for this show um, so often that, it, that I don't, I, I, I just let it go, but I, I'm not going to let it go today's show. I want, I want you to understand and, and grasp a little bit of the, both these very difficult calls with marriages. Remember, the, the heart of Calvary Live is not just to be merely a Bible answer show, although we do answer Bible questions because that's what we're going to talk about. We've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, the knowledge of Him. We're going to answer Bible questions for sure. But it's not just this Bible question show where, give me the question, here's the answer. It's a pastoral show. It's pastor-led. We're not super high theologians, although I have to say uh, Cody King is is quite the theologian. So is Nick Cady, very very smart in the scriptures. But like we're not major theologians. We're um, most of us aren't seminary trained. Uh, we're pastors, and I'm I happen to be a pastor that came from a very rough background uh, because of my bad decisions. It's nobody's fault but mine, and I still suffer for the consequences of some of those bad decisions even today. 
but it's my fault. And I, I didn't go to school. I couldn't go. Uh, I, I, that's, I'm just a pastor that opens a Bible and prays and, and hopefully God uses me. And we wanted to show where you could have access to pastors outside of the pulpit. Now, it's not a counseling show. It's not like Dr. Ruth or it's not a Bible answer show. It's not a counseling show. It's somewhere in the middle. And that's why there would be times where I just, I, I take a little bit longer on a call so you can, to, to, to bring you along. And now some of you might go, oh, I don't want to hear, uh, it's too long. I'm going to click off the radio. That's fine, but I'll tell you why I'm doing it. I'm, I go a little bit longer on calls because I want you to get it. And so here's, here's one of the things. I, I want you to understand what it's like in a pastor's office behind closed doors. I want you to get grasp the the not just your own pain because you understand sin from your own perspective, but these are the people you sit with in church. These are the people that you work with. These are the people that just bought a brand new house next to you and had it built and remodeled. And while on the outside it looks beautiful and it's being remodeled on the inside, it's absolute hell. This is why evangelism is so vital, friends. Why God has us in the neighborhood we're at. Why God has us working where we're at. Why God has put a Bible in our hands. Why that? Like this is it, and this is the pastor's life. If it was you're praying for your pastor, pray for this because this is the pastor's life. Hearing the hurts and the pains that sin has brought into people's lives, and trying to help them to the best of our ability in the wisdom of God to get back on track. And I want you to just. This is. As I'm listening, I'm like, man, my heart's aching for this brother. I want to I wanna just sit down and cry with him. And secondly, the reason why we go a little bit longer on calls is to train you. You're learning how to answer Bible questions. You're learning how to minister to someone. Uh, you're learning, and, that, and you know, we have, different, uh, we have different pastors, so you have different perspectives, different personalities. I love that. I love the fact that I can team up with Jeff Figs, such a different personality than me. Nick Cady, such a different personality than me. I love it when Louie comes on or when Cody comes on or my friend Jason when he answers or we had Nate Morris not too long ago come back on. I love it. I love it. Eric Cartier, uh, the different personalities, different perspectives so that you can learn that you can be used to. Well, you know, you, Ed, you're the pastor. Yeah, but not so much. I'm just a believer that loves the Lord and reads the Bible and prays. I'm, there's nothing special about me, I promise you. There's nothing special about me. You can ask my kids. You can ask my wife. You can ask the people I've made mistakes with before. Um, I'm just a guy that wants to serve the Lord, like you. Just a guy, just a gal that wants to serve the Lord. I want to be used by God. I want, to, I want to be used by God to help a culture that's lost their way. I want to help people get their eyes on the Lord. I want to help my brother like Brandon saying, I know, man, it's hard. I mean, what, what more can I say to him, right? I know, man, it's hard. I'm so sorry. It's difficult. And really, if you look at the call, I just listened. Let the brother share his heart express himself because that opens up a gateway for the Holy Spirit to minister to him. Or like the brother that called earlier on the first half of the program, you know, the Holy Spirit's ministering to him and he doesn't need a whole lot of advice. 
He just needs to be pointed back to the Lord and and help with a couple of new decisions, you know, a couple of things that will help him. But the Holy Spirit is in the midst. I'm I'm just so honored uh, to be a believer. I know that I don't deserve it. Uh, I know that it's the grace of God. And when I hear these things, I just think, man, um, there but by the grace of God go I. Um, I I am a sinful man. I was looking at some notes. I was putting together some studies today, and I was just thinking about Isaiah. Uh, let me read to you. I'm going to give you a preview of what I'm going to be teaching in a couple weeks on Wednesday night. Uh, I was looking at, uh, you know, we're finishing up the book of Daniel, which will be next on Abounding Grace, actually. Uh, so we're going to have some fresh teaching on Abounding Grace because I just finished the book of Daniel. And I was reminded of Isaiah. I don't know if you've ever looked at it this way before, but you can get into the, these seasons where you're just overwhelmed. Uh, you know, Isaiah was grieving because uh, King Uzziah died. And maybe you're in a season today where everything and everyone around you seems to so stir up woe syndrome. Woe is me. Woe is you. Woe is us. Look at our world. Look at our, it's so bad. Look at our politics. Look, you said this and you said that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isaiah had a similar experience. He was called to prophesy against rebellious nation of Judah. And in chapter one, woe to you, Judah. And chapter two, woe to you, Judah. Chapter three, woe to you. Chapter four, woe to you. Chapter five, woe to you. And then in chapter six, He's taken into the presence of God. Chapter 6 changes everything. And no longer is it woe to you. It changes at this glimpse of God at the throne room. For five chapters, woe is you, woe is you, woe is you, woe is you. Chapter 6, woe is me. (laughs) I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm in a greater of need of you, God, in your glory. Yeah, Judah has lost their way, but woe is me. Woe is me. And then in verse 8 of chapter 6, he says, whom sh- the, the, the Lord says, whom shall I send? And what does is, what is Isaiah say? Here I am. Say it with me. Here I am. Send me. You see, the Lord is wanting to stir you up and asking the question, and he wants to use you. He wants you to rise above your current circumstances. We don't. We kind of think, you know, I won't rise above my circumstances until they change. No, the circumstances don't change. You and I change. I, I get it. Don't uh, misunderstand me. I have some things in my life for seven years, almost seven and a half years now. I want it to change, and every year it, it doesn't. It's worse. I've lost friends over it. I've got it doesn't matter. It's bad. And I want it to change. But you know what God's wanted for seven years? He's wanted me to change. He's wanted me to come into his throne room and listen to his voice. He's wanted me to die to myself. He's wanted me to learn about the weaknesses of my flesh so that I can choose to abide. He's wanted me not to lean on my own understanding, but to trust the Lord in all my ways acknowledging him, and he'll direct my paths. And the same is true for you, friend. Maybe our situations aren't as bad or as dire as our brothers that we heard today, but if you've ever wondered why I let the call go a little bit longer, 
I just feel like this is the Lord wanting to teach you today. I want you to know. I want you to tell people about Calvary Live. I want you to have them tune in. They can tune in online. Uh, they don't have to be. They can download the podcast. You can listen to this anytime. Kevin spends a lot of time putting this on our podcast, editing it up for you. You can take this with you and just learn to be an effective tool in the hands of God. Learn to be used by him. And I think thanks also goes out to Jason Klein and Trent who take care of our podcast, Matt McDougal. You know, we got a lot of people on our team. We're so blessed here. Unbelievable. Such a blessed church. So I want to leave you with that word today. Um, I know it's woe is you, woe is you, woe is you, but what God's looking is woe is me. And that's the place where God uses us. He brings us to nothing so that he might be everything. And I'm sorry that you're hurting tonight. I'm sorry that it's hard. I'm sorry that, man, the situation isn't getting better. Sorry that you've lost friends. I'm sorry that pastors have wronged you. I'm sorry that you're separated from your kids, that your spouse divorced you. I'm sorry, but the Lord is good, and he's ready to heal. Healing comes on his wings. COVID doesn't make it any easier, but COVID's not our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is our walk with the Lord. So if your church is open, get back to church. You guys come back to Calvary. If you can, I want you to come back. We'll make room for you. Don't worry about the limitations. We'll make room for you. Come back. Come home. I know there's some some resistance, you know, with masks and distancing. It's not that. You'll get used to it. Trust me. It's time to come home. Time to be in person. Let's sing together. Let's worship together. We'll be meeting tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. We're studying. We're back in Hebrew, so we're back on faith, back on track. Love you guys. Thanks for be, letting me be a small part of the big work in your life. Saturday night, actually, not tomorrow. Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Sunday morning, 845, 1045. Calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.